The Spiel is sponsored by TimeWellSpent.org. Who would like to remind you that any time spent playing games is time well spent. From their padded cell in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana, this is The Spiel, episode 35. Gen Con 2007. So hello and welcome to The Spiel. I'm Stephen Conway. And I'm David Coulson. And we are here live from the Omni Hotel in downtown Indianapolis. We are uh, recording our uh, coverage here at the end of Gen Con, but uh, we have a a whale of a two-part show coming up for you. (laughs) Tons of stuff. So much stuff that we thought, rather than try to cram it all into one episode, we're actually going to kind of break it down into two. So part one's going to come out in our normal release schedule, and then you're not even going to have to wait two full weeks. We're actually going to come out with part two in uh, just another week of time. So I'll just have a week to edit that down and get that out to you all. Um, got a, re- a lot of really interesting oh. uh, interviews and, and recaps of things that we saw that we thought were interesting and cool about the con uh, coming up. Uh, you know, Dave, we're we're here at the end of the con recording this, so we're a little low on the energy scale. Hey, it talk may... about deja vu. Didn't this just happen like a month or so <laughs> yep. ago at Origins? Even our voices are starting yeah, to... Yeah, exactly. Saturday or Sunday morning at 3 or 4 o'clock, we're sitting in the middle of nowhere with nobody else awake except for us recording this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that, but fun as heck. Yep. <laughs> We've got a handful of interviews coming up, and then after the interviews are over in part two, then we're going to have a really neat follow-up on some of the events that Stephen and I attended or hosted. Yes. Which was ultra cool. I think that has to be the high point of oh the con. Oh, my gosh. Not I've... only for, for us... But for several hundred people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to we have to make special note, even though we're not going to talk about it in detail necessarily till part two. But we had just an amazing response to the Spielathon sponsored by Rio Grande yeah. Games. I mean, we had just an amazing number of people there, more people than we could actually handle, which was. I'm sorry for those who maybe didn't get to play, but I think the majority of people, if they were a little patient, actually got to sit down and play. Exactly. Lots of things, and you know, thanks again, of obviously to Jay Tummelson. Yeah, yeah, we Rio. probably won't say that nearly enough times. But <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jay, Jay was absolutely awesome. It was, you know, well, like I said, and at the end of part two, we'll get into some details on that whole evening, which uh, we can't wait to do again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, before we get to our sort of our, our thoughts on the con overall, we thought the best way to to really introduce you to Gen Con this year was something that we couldn't do last year, which was uh, we took our portable recording equipment and just went out into the field and recorded as many interesting little interviews as we could with uh, lots of different vendors and artists and uh, just as many different interesting uh, people as we could find that we thought, you know, the kind of people that you might necessarily not stop and talk to in the dealer's room. 
They might be booths that you would walk by because you think, well, there's, there's nothing there for me. Well, those are the kind that always kind of interest us because exactly. we want to see what's going on there as well as the big boys. The big boys get enough press. But these smaller press companies, they don't get nearly enough love. So we try to kind of spread the love around. Uh, yeah, I think on several of these interviews, you're just going to be, that is so cool. Other ones, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> it's just it's stuff you can't even, until you attend a con and have a chance to go to all 3,000 booths that are in a dealer's room, you just can't believe all yep. of the ultra cool and at the same time totally, completely insane things that people are coming up with yeah let's see we go we go we run the gamut from magic ring sellers <laughs> to polish laser cut dice to israeli brain teasers to oh i can't even there's the, so many the italian uh, game publishers absolutely <laughs> kind of run the gamut of the world as well as the game scene exactly. there, which is really fun and interesting and, and those are just some of the ones that we did actually do interviews with yes you know there's other stuff that we didn't get interviews with like the chess set that were RVs, <laughs> yeah, insane. So, yeah, but uh, rather than uh, let's just have you learn by listening. So, without further ado, uh, here's part one of Gen Con coverage. It's just going to be interview after interview. Hope you enjoy it, and stay tuned for part two next week. So we're here in the Black Industries booth, and we're talking to Mike Mason. And Black Industries is reprinting a classic, classic game that I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with, and that's Talisman. So we're going to let Mike tell you pretty much what's happening with the new edition of Talisman. Hi, you guys. Hope you're okay. Um, yeah, Talisman, it's, um, it's been a while since we had Talisman out, and uh, it's given us the time to sort of take a good, hard think about which, which rule set worked better, whether it was first, second, or third. And we went back to the players, uh, the, still the communities online, War, uh, Talisman Island and the like, and we talked to those guys and said, well, yeah, what do you think? And the response was very much, second edition, guys, come on, second edition, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah. um, so we, uh, we took that to heart, we looked at second edition and said, yeah, we played it again ourselves, and yeah, it's, it's the edition we wanted to go with. So the fourth edition essentially is based on the second edition rule set. Um, so we've kept pretty true to that, and the gameplay, the gameplay feels the same. Uh, the characters will be very familiar a lot of the adventure cards will be quite familiar but what we've done here and there we've tweaked the rules where we can we've simplified things where, where they got a little complex we've tried to look at the gameplay and, and uh, ensure that it, you know, it speeds along but maintains the flavour of Talisman and, and you know, stays a fun game that you can play again and again with different variety it looks like you guys have adopted the third edition experience point type of thing is that that's what it looks like. It, the, it, there's no experience points as such. What, what okay. it, it comes back to, um, if you kill monsters, uh, you can trade in the monsters you've killed to improve your strength. If you battle with spirits, you can trade in those spirits to increase your craft in the oh, game. Okay. And so you can sort of, you muscle yourself up or you get your, you get your <laughs> head in gear, as it were, and get ready to sort of get into that uh, middle zone and uh, try and grab the talisman and the, uh, and the crown of command. Excellent. So, as popular as Second Edition was, with all the crazy expansions, I know it might be a little too early, but is, it, is there even an inkling in you, in you guys' oh, brains? My, my lips are sealed, guys. Oh, no. no. All, all, all I can say is if, um, if, uh, if we can sell through our first allocation of games and, and people want it and we get good feedback and, and there's a market there for, the, for expansions, and obviously we will look really seriously at that. It's something I'm sure that you appreciate. We... Yeah, we're kind of keen to do, but we want to ensure that people people want it as well. 
and um, and we'll take a good hard think about that. But we'll, you know, <laughs> I'm winking at you now, guys. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, you guys have had the hot booth every morning out here because uh, you've had yeah. 50 copies of Talisman for sale. Now, for the people who are not, not attending the convention here, when are they finally going to be able to get this? Okay, they're going to get it in about six weeks' time, which is the beginning of October. Uh, that's going to be available in all, all gaming stores, uh, online stores as well. And uh, it's going to retail for about $50. Um, and, yeah, uh, we hope it's a big success. I, I think it will be, definitely. <laughs> uh, anything else? Last-minute words about Talisman? Um, all I can say is if, if, if you've never paid Talisman... Uh, well, you're going to enjoy it, and if you've played Talisman of old and you've got those old memories of sitting around with your friends playing Talisman, you're not going to be disappointed with the t- this edition. <laughs> you're going to enjoy it. It's a, it's really good, uh, I think, with all the sort of copycats that have come out that really owe a great debt to Talisman to see Talisman back in print and say, hey, well, we, it, we were here first, <laughs> well, you know, in I a way. Would, I wouldn't say we're the first, but, I mean, it's, it's certainly... Uh, the game's got legs and it's been been around a while it's much fondly remembered and loved and uh, we you know we're just bringing that back again so people can enjoy it again for new for a new time round well thanks very much for your time thank you very much guys this is Scott Boulderson from Circleville Ohio and you are listening to the spiel So I'm here at the Table Star Games booth with Ray Long, and uh, he's going to tell me all about uh, Hero Cards. It's something that uh, Dave and I haven't gotten really into yet, and I think we just need a basic introduction to it, and I think a lot of our listeners might as well, and then kind of maybe fill us in on some of the other things that Table Star is doing as well. Hero Card is uh, our new, as our suite's been out for about a little over a year now. We have six games in the suite, and how it works is very simple. We have a card-driven combat engine where we have uh, four different heroes and six different genres. You can do any hero against any other hero. It's a non-collectible game. There's no boosters or rares or variants or anything like that. That's good. And it's all cross-compatible. You can duel up to four people at once instead of the usual two. You can duel up to four people at once. You just play the dueling game, hero on hero combat. And that combat system forms the base um, core mechanic for all the hero card board games as well. Each genre has a different board game style. There is territory control and set collection elimination, etc. But they all use the same hero card system to fight with. So once you know so the, the hero card... Yeah, the base the mechanic same. is the same. So once you know the base hero card dueling engine, you know 75% of the rules for the board games, so the learning curve for the board games is very easy. You learn the base hero card system and then learn some rules specific to the board game, you can jump right in. Once you know that first uh, system, which takes about two minutes to learn, you're good to go, pretty much. Is the uh, now am I right in thinking that the genres because each of the hero cards kind of have a different genre associated with them? Can you mix and match the genres, or are they, are they uh, standalone? Can, you can absolutely mix and match them. You can mix and match them either um, in pieces or as wholes. For instance, you can take the whole Bart King deck which is one single hero, and have a rampage to fuel Japan or Rise of Shogun game. Or you <laughs> can mix great. and match cards for different genres. You can make a superhero samurai or tell kind of cyber ninja. Whatever you want to, you can mix and match the attributes and action cards of individual heroes to make your own custom hero. Like if you like a guy that hits really hard but you want a few power tricks, you can start with the Toa King deck, which is a high body, which is like a lot of big attacks and big blocks, but a low X. And have, mix in a few power tricks in there on the, on the X to give him the, just the flavor that you want. Have Make him a superhero, Tongan Ninja, or you know whatever, whatever you like. 
and it's all cross compatible, it all works together. You can do any hero, any hero in the base dueling. You can make a custom hero and take them into the board games or into the duel. And you can also um, mix and match across games. So you can take, like you said, your range in a cyberspace, your cyberspace guy, make it into a superhero. Whatever you want to do, it's possible with Hero Card. With very, and custom deck making is very simple. There's five simple rules. For simple rules, you have to have a body, mind, and next attribute. Those attributes have to add up to um, 10, uh, 30 or less in attribute costs. Mm-hmm. Um, your action deck has to have 20 to 30 cards, no more than five of one single card. And the last rule is follow the first four rules. <laughs> That's all you need to know to make a custom hero card deck. There's no giant strategy guide. There's no complex rules or anything like that. It's all balanced to work together and be intercompatible. I would think that flexibility would give the game a lot of replay oh, ability as well, just because you can do all that mixing and matching. Exactly. And- you can pay and you can buy a say a whole, a whole set of Rise of Shogun with all four heroes and a board game and uh, depending on if that's a show we have specials so that we get cheap then as soon as you buy a new hero it's a whole new game especially if you start mixing and matching those cards within the, the, the other heroes you can play the whole game entirely differently based on that and some of the boards are actually modular as well like Champion New Olympia has a Kusaform board that can be made, remade different ways every time you play so well, the gameplay fun. is the same but the way you move around the board and interact with the people changes based on the light of the board cyberspace constantly changes the board is not static it's constantly in motion every turn the board can be completely different by the time it gets around to you your, your well played strategy could be shot all the pieces and you get to start over and, and try to make, map, map a new strategy based on that a lot of the games are like that Nightmare as well constantly changing the board constantly changes so the replayability factor is really high. Also, Orcords is scenario-based, so it's fly- it comes ships with five scenarios. There's a free scenario here at Gen Con in the back of our Orcords poster, and it's going to be more online online as well. So the replayability factor in Hero Card is very, very high. So are most of the games sort of last man standing, or are a lot of them scenario-based, or is the scenarios um, a more new, all a newer the, development? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All, all of them are last man standing except for Orcords. Orcords is asymmetrical. In every other game, every hero is out for themselves. They have their own goals and agendas. But Orc Wars is a bit different. In Orc Wars, up to three elven heroes play against one player who plays a whole horde of orcs. Normally, the, <laughs> the, the decks have a your action deck and your attributes and a little plastic fig. The Orc War, however, however the Orc deck, ring deck comes with um, phone card orcs. There's like about 26 of them. So any one time, you can have from 0 to 26 orcs on board fighting against up, up to up to three elven up to three elven heroes and uh, so that's the that's a departure most of the other ones are one man everybody gets shut this one is one man against the world yeah. okay well lest lest they think that table star games is uh, a one-trick pony just with hero cards uh tell us a little bit about martinis and men total <laughs> total departure from uh the hero card uh the, the opposite exact point of the hobby market we games with a hero card suite um Martinez and Men is our first foray into uh, kind of a mass market party game type appeal. We're kind of apples to apples crowd, that kind of kind of folks who want to sit around, sit around with some friends. It also makes it great, like we're waiting for the GM to show up for our D&D game. This place yeah. that we play in 20 minutes filler. or 30 minutes. A, game, a good right. filler game, yeah. Also a good game to theme a party around, because it is Martinez and Men, so if you're going to have some friends over for a good time on a Friday night, here's a great game to give you an excuse to have that, that third <laughs> martini, that third drink. And it's a, it's a very quick game. You can teach you that, play that game in under a minute, anybody. It's basically, uh, we have two kinds of cards, just male cards and female cards, and each person has 
a trait or descriptor, such as sexy geek or culture traveler, etc. And I have, say, a culture traveler woman. I'm looking for a culture traveler man. If someone else in their hand has someone, has a man that has one of those two characteristics, I can take one. Then I roll the relationship dice. If they come up uh, martini glass, martini glass, then they're, they're dating and they go face up in front of me. If it's martini glass and heart, again, they're dating and they go face up. Any combination with a lightning bolt and they do not get along, they go to the dating pool where other people can pull them to make couples. If the dice come up heart, heart, they get married. That's just a wedding fever. Everybody has to roll on their face up couples to see if they stay together uh, or break up or get married. First person to marry off three people wins the game. Ta-da, the end. Very simple, simple. But it's very fun. One of the fun parts of the game is seeing and finding your friends in the car. Because every picture, like the culture hippie looks like, you know, a culture hippie looking guy. So it's like, oh, that's Steve, that's Greg, that's Bob, that's Sandy, etc., etc. So it's a lot of fun. You spend a lot of time at that game seeing the people that you know and that you care about and and that walk through your life in that game. Yeah, the kind of social aspect of that game seems like it's very brought to the forefront. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... Well, yeah. thanks very much, Ray. Yeah. I, I really, uh, you have any other... Uh... Uh, well, you know, I want to say that we really have to be able to do it in the office a lot, and I actually have it on while we're working, so you guys are very inspirational. And uh, there's one other thing, too, is we are here at Gen Con, and we are here with our table stars, our volunteer staff, and who are doing a fantastic job. I want to say thank you to all the table stars. And if you're also interested in being a star, either demonstrating our games in your local game store or come to work with us at conventions or you can probably come to our playtest program where we can see the games even before they come out and offer your feedback and become part of the process instead of just being kind of you know us selling it to you why don't you help us make it and craft it and be part of the program you can contact us at play at tablestoregames.com and you know become part of the team we're really looking for people that are passionate about games and passionate about teaching and sharing them with their fellow gamers well i think that fits the profile of many people who listen to our show oh, yes. i would hope so. <laughs> oh yeah definitely. so that would be cool if, if people want to get involved it's nice to kind of turn the tables on them and say hey yeah, exactly. you can be an active participant in, in our stuff i mean that's what we're looking for we're looking for people that can have definitely have opinions and passion about gaming and wellness around with us and we offer you know obviously rewards and stuff like paying for con badges you earn points to get swag from us and, and including one of them is like an all expenses paid trip to a con of your choice you earn enough points nice and we'll send you to Gen Con you want to go to Origins you want to go to anywhere you want to go we'll, we'll send you there and there you go <laughs> well uh, last question uh, where can people find your games and where can people find you online uh, where our website is tablestargames.com you can find our games local retailer if your local retailer does not carry them ask them to talk to uh, Paizo and they can get them through, through Paizo as well and we go through all main distribution as well as Alliance ACD you name it you can, you can get our games you have no excuse not to have our games in your hands you're playing them right now with a hero card deck in hand well, have a great show, uh, Ray, here at Gen Con, and, and hope things go well. Great. Thanks, Steven. I'm go. Dirk Jung from Michigan, and the spiel rocks. <laughs> I'm Barb Jung from Clinton Township, Michigan. I listen to the spiel. Okay, so we're here in the artist area of the Gen Con Dealers Room, and we're stopping by the booth of artist Jeff Peterson and Tony Mastrangeli. And I, I came close with that name, but not quite perfect. Mastrangeli. exactly. <laughs> These gentlemen have some artwork that's done in a medium that is near and dear to my heart. And so I'm going to let you guys kind of tell our listeners what you guys are doing here. Uh, what we've created here are uh, Dizaics, which are... 18 inches by 24 inches, 1,900 dice to represent fantasy images that you would find. So picture a 
uh, a normal image and then bring it into dice. It's all dice, a mosaic of dice. That's what we've done. They're uh, very striking from a distance and close up. Close up, you might lose the pattern, but the sort of patterns of colors and and pips, they're sort of (laughs) mesmerizing, I think. And then as you step back, the the kind of picture starts to reveal itself. Uh, How long have you all been doing this kind of art? We just started in the spring. Yes. (laughs) I I think brought the idea to Tony in February. And he thought I was crazy at first, but uh, I talked him into uh, to part- partnering up to do this project for Gen Con. <laughs> uh, how, how successful have you been here? Are you getting, uh, I noticed, uh, a ribbon hanging on uh, one of your uh, works over there, Best best in Show? Yes, we've uh, won Best in Show for 3D Art for Gen Con Art Show this year. Congratulations. We've, uh, actually had a very warm response for most of the attendees of the show. Um, they... No, no one's ever seen it before because I guess it's the first time anyone's ever tried to do something <laughs> this insane with, with the dice. Extremely positive reaction. Yes. I haven't heard of it. I think people say it's one of the most original things they've seen in a while and they love it. So can't complain about that. <laughs> Very happy. So how long does it take you with these patterns and how many dice are in an average uh, mosaic? It usually takes us about 10 hours from the layout to the actual glue down of the, the dice. Uh, of, there are 1,900 of each of the images that we lay out. So and placed. So hand placing place. Almost 2,000 dice in each one of your... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about right there. <laughs> Excellent. I think the finished piece weighs about 10 pounds, give or take, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, maybe describe some of the, the typical subject matter of, of you know some of the works that are hanging behind you. Sure, the, the most popular subject matter we've done is a D20. Of course, a D20 made of D6s is kind of ironic, as <laughs> yeah. the case may be. Uh, we've also done uh, a dragon... Uh, a fairy who's sitting on a flower, a castle, an Excalibur, first of all, a knight being attacked by a fireball. We're currently working on a centaur. Yes, we're we're seeing the centaur in it's process. Kind of, right kind of in a front headless of centaur right now, yes. but, but he's excellent. <laughs> so, if uh, people are interested in your art, uh, where can they find out more about your art, and where might they be able to purchase it? That's great. It's all available online at www.3d6art.com, and we can purchase it online there. You can also contact us if you want a custom piece done. We take requests. Um, so you do prints as well as people can buy the originals? Correct. We have the originals on sale and they're one of a kind. Once we make one, we will not make that again. And then we have signed a number of prints up to 200. That's great. And uh, costs? How, how much? Uh, if someone wanted to buy a print or an original, sure. how much is it going to An original lends you $500 for, uh, for the one of a kind. And then for every print, it's $30 for an 18 by 24 and $10 for an 8 by 10. For the amount of dice and the amount of work and artistry that goes into it, that's that's a steal. I think you're you're undervaluing a, <laughs> your art, if you ask me. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, thanks for your time and, and good luck. Thank, thank you. you. I'm Michael Jordahl, and I listen to Spiel because they have truckloads of goober. <laughs> So I'm here at the Rubbing Hands uh, booth with Steve White, and he's going to tell us all about Fred the Game. What is Fred the Game? Well, Fred the Game is a game of challenges or dares or tests, if you will. It's a, it's a game of humiliation, <laughs> embarrassment, and torture. <laughs> We're all about the humiliation yeah. and torture. <laughs> There's uh, six categories of different types of dares, and some of them are hard, some are gross, some are, like I said, potentially embarrassing to your friends uh, but they're all fun and they're all funny so you play with a group of friends it's basically a deck of cards 
you draw a card, and I'm drawing a card right now. This one is in the spaz category, and it says, make an annoying noise for two minutes. You earn credit if any other player covers their ears, leaves the area, or asks you to stop. So those are the types of things you might expect. You might also draw a card daring you or uh, to let another player uh, put butter and jelly into your hair, sculpt <laughs> your hair with it. There, there's actually uh, jars of peanut butter and jelly on the table here. We're going to get a game going later today, and, and that might be something that someone here at the convention has to has to endure. <laughs> so basically, uh, you play, and there's two ways to play. You can play Sudden Death style. So uh, you draw a card, and if you don't do the dare, you're out of the game. Last man standing wins. And there are some pretty tough ones in here to do, so it there are some cases where I certainly would, would step out and say I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, another way you can play the, the tougher cards, you earn a credit um, if you perform the dare. So let's draw another one here. Uh, the player of your choice gets one snip with scissors to cut out a patch of your hair. So uh, <laughs> if you allow someone to cut out some of your hair, you get a credit. If not, you don't get a credit. The first one spell Fred, uh, for, reach four credits, one credit for each letter of Fred, oh, okay. wins the game. Okay. So if there's something that you really can't tolerate, you could back off, still be in the game, you just might fall behind. It's not single elimination yeah. like the other style. You might fall behind your more daring friends. <laughs> you weren't kidding when you said uh, mean and, and humiliating. Yeah, I like well, it. not... I don't no, not mean. mean. I guess so mean's much, not the but, right word, but. but yeah, humiliating. I think's fair, <laughs> and embarrassing. Yes. So, how many people uh, can uh, play? I think any number really. You could play, you know, two people, a group of five, seven. Seems whatever. like it'd be well, well suited for a party kind of situation. We get that a lot. A lot of people like to play it in a party environment. Um, it's kind of marketed towards junior high, high school, college age students. I think the college-age kids is probably more of a party scene. Um, we've even heard some guys buying it thinking it might be a great drinking game. That's <laughs> nothing we're promoting, but, <laughs> but yeah. I could see where they're totally coming from that. when yeah. they say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, even younger kids certainly like it. There's, there's some cards that are even angled towards school kids in that one of the cards is uh, daring you to call your principal and tell them for some amount of time what a great job they're doing and how proud of <laughs> them you are, that kind of thing. That's great. Uh, well, if people are interested in buying Fred, uh, how can they How could they purchase it? I think the best way to do it is to go to fredthegame.com. Okay. And fredthegame.com, well, either you can uh, buy it directly from the site or there'll be directions to a place there you can buy it. Okay. Sort of thing. And how much does it run? Uh, it retails for $25. That's a good good value for a, a good, a good dose deal. of uh, humiliation. You get it, and as you can see, it's a big stack of cards. There's oh, yeah. Si- again, six categories of 13 cards each. That's 78 cards. And they're nice, big, oversized, yeah, nicely colored. The, the, art, the art's really, really fun. It's really beautiful. So a lot of people are drawn to it just for the artwork. It has sort of an Alfred Gorey-esque look to yeah. it. A little, a little bit, not totally. But it's very, very intriguing. It's, I mean, you can just look at these and, and almost feel like you're playing without even playing. Yep. I don't know if that came out right. But, <laughs> uh, it also comes with a torture device, a clothespin here. Uh, some of the cards require that a player put this on your ear 
or your tongue. <laughs> there might be feature cards where you have to put it other places. I don't know. Uh, there's also a timer that comes with the game, and that's again many of these things are have, are time based. Time based uh, dares. Yes. Well, it's, I'm. I don't know whether I can say I'm looking forward to playing it, depending upon the cards I get. But it sounds like it would be a hoot. I definitely a hoot <laughs> is a great description. <laughs> well, thanks, Steve, for your time and good Thank luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I'm Tim from Atlanta, and I listen to The Spiel. So we're here in the Southern Fox booth, and we are with Ann Fowler, and they have a great little game called Rephrase. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Rephrase? Okay, I'd be glad to. Uh, what we've done is we've taken the names of movies, TV shows, or songs, and we've rephrased them so that the players race to be the first ones to correctly identify the actual name of the movie, TV show, or song. Like if we were playing one of the movie editions, I might give you the rephrase clue of galactic, st- uh, galactic Conflicts, and the actual name of the movie is Star Wars. So that's the way the games play. You rephrase it and look for the actual name of the movie, TV show, or song. And they sort of vary in difficulty, right? Some oh, of them yes. are kind some, of some are very softballs, obvious, and some of them are uh, some of them are real thinkers, exactly. <laughs> uh, you have different editions, right? Too, based on music or television. We or do. Film. We do. We have two different movie editions. We have uh, up to 1985 movies, so it's really for the movie buff. It's got the history of movie and cinema. And then we have from 1986 to present, so that's, you know, more titles that people are familiar with today. Right. Uh, TV shows, one edition, and then we have three different country music editions, 70s, 80s, and 90s country, and five different pop editions, 50s, 60s pop, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000 pops, and we even have a Christian gospel edition, so we truly have something for everyone. (laughs) Now, Now, who comes up with all the paraphrasings? Is that you, or? That would be me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How long has it taken you to build up this sort of backlog of well, titles? Well, I started and... when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a few years ago, right? Yes, it was, yes. It took a long time. <laughs> So uh, how long has the game been available? Or? The game has been out only a matter of a few months. We made our debut at the Gamma Show in Las Vegas in April. Oh, nice. That was our very okay. first outing. <laughs> and so uh, this is now August. So how many months is that? Three, <laughs> three months we've been out now. So we're starting to get into different stores. And I think we're in 10 states and now in stores. So That was going to be our next question, I think, is where can people find, right. find your game? The easiest way to find us is to go to our website, www.rephrase.com. Okay. That's www.rephrase.com. <laughs> and we've got a listing. You can order online, uh, but we want to re- support our retailers, and so we list every retail site that they are available at. So the people can go on there and see the closest one to them and go and pick out a few editions. <laughs> Great. That's a why don't we do something fun? Why don't you read us a couple of your cards, and let's see uh, if Stephen or I uh, <laughs> can, can do this can very get well. It first. I okay, think I'm going to get my butt kicked right, here. All right, all right. <laughs> okay, do we want easy ones or hard ones? Uh, let's go. Oh, let's go. Easy. <laughs> all right, we'll do easy. Okay, wimp. these are movies. <laughs> okay. Rattlers on a jet. Oh, snakes, snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane. Disappeared in a minute. Oh, gone, gone in 60, in 60 seconds. Ah, oh, you beat me. Pass away uneasily. 
Die Hard. Die Hard. <laughs> Here's a cute one. This is one of my personal favorites. Uh-oh. What person planted evidence against Mr. Bunny? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> I am aware of your actions the previous June, July, and August. I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and here's one more. The feeling after sight, sound, taste, smell, and touch. Six cents. So six cents. <laughs> Very Excellent. fun. Very yeah, fun. those are really it neat. It's fun. Well, I like to call it a party in a box because you open up a box, you got instant party. You know, two people can play or 42 people can play. It's just a lot of fun and everybody gets into it. Great way for uh, gamers and non-gamers alike to sit around and have, have fun, Something I think. Something they can come together with. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks very much for your time, Ian. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Hi, this is Paul Pevis from Have Games Will Travel, and I'm inviting you to come out to Gateway at the LAX Westin in Los Angeles over Labor Day weekend. Uh, games, games, games. It's going to be a damn good time. So we are here with Claudio Ponsecchi of Ten- Tenki Games, and um, he's going to tell us about Chan Cheng, uh, which is a game that is going to be distributed here in the United States by Z-Man Games. It's a really interesting game uh, about uh, the Great Wall of China. Um, so, Claudio, what can you tell us about this game? This is our last game. Uh, as you told, is a game about uh, the Great Wall of China. In this game, uh, the players represent uh, Chinese officers that are in charge of uh, building the wall and protecting the China provinces. Uh, it is a strategy game. There's a medium level of difficulty, and uh, all the players have to build part of the wall and protect uh, Chinese provinces. And at the end of the game. The Mongols attack the Chinese provinces, and so every player will will lose some points, uh, and uh, uh, only the best <laughs> will win. <laughs> every player has the same opportunities, same number of uh, pieces of wall, same number of cards, uh, and opportunities to win. It is a game of skill. <laughs> <laughs> One of the interesting things I think about this game is that. Unlike an ordinary board game where you have one board, there are several pieces to the board that get played out um, next to each other, um, and the little there are little pieces of the the wall that are actually uh, separate little plastic pieces that you're going to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the features of this game is that the, the board is composed by four board, four pieces of board, and uh, at the beginning of the game, uh, the players start with two boards. Then uh, they can add uh, an additional third board and the fourth at the end. All boards are double-sided, so the shape of the board and uh, also the opportunities uh, the, of uh, different. Uh, uh, type of boards of Chinese provinces and uh, scoring. There are, the boards will be assembled randomly every time you sit down to play, so you'll have a different layout. Yeah, different time. layout every time. Uh, so four boards, double-sided. Uh, there are eight uh, 
uh, really eight. Uh, <laughs> a lot of different configurations. Yeah, that you could come different configurations. Excellent, excellent like this. Uh, there are pieces of, of uh, wall, plastic pieces. There are single wall pieces, and two special pieces: the double wall and uh, also the tower. And um, the player must uh, place in in uh, his turn. Uh, uh, these pieces according to the rules uh, in uh, specific ways and uh, can also play the cards every player has six cards that have different effects so these cards are played um, face down and only when a province uh, is completed the, the cards are revealed and so uh, the effects are I'd say the effect uh, <laughs> they come into effect can, yeah come into effect um, this is uh, add uh, a uh, different, um, uh, a lot of flavor of the game mm-hmm. because um, uh, there can be pursued different strategies. Uh, each player must complete provinces and gain reputation points, but uh, can do it in different ways. And uh, the, the the outcome of of a region is is is. Is not always is predictable because these cards that are played uh, can uh, are very powerful, so can have effect. You can switch walls, you can add uh, virtual walls, uh, increase or decrease the value of the province, uh, uh, destroy other cards. Uh, so the interaction also with the player is quite. Uh, you know, what kind of? Um, how long is the game to play? What kind of playtime? Uh, one uh, one one game is about. Four 40, 40 minutes, 45 okay. minutes. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite easy uh, to play and uh, quick, quick, uh, really quick. When can we expect to see, maybe see this at the stores here in this country? <laughs> in October. In, in October. October, yes, in October. Excellent. In October, it, we are printing in these days, so, okay. <laughs> and uh, in October we'll be available. And you don't, you don't have any copies here at the con that people can buy, do you? Uh, no, we have only a uh, few copies that yeah, we use for demonstration, unfortunately. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> but I'm sure that uh, Zima <laughs> Games will happy to, uh, to, to 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 give you all the information where you can buy it. Um, well, if if you can see why I was asking that, the, these little wall sections are absolutely cool. They're like goober to the nth degree, I think. <laughs> They're really chunky. They're 3D. I think when this game is complete, it'll probably look gorgeous you know, after you're done playing the game. <laughs> Thank you for gorgeous. We think is we try to, to make it really gorgeous. We took pictures of the Great Wall of China, and we tried to design the pieces exactly uh, according to the measures of the wall. So the... Um, so it's almost like a little model. Yeah, it's it's like a little model. As you can see, uh, the wall is is different one in one side on, on the other right. side of the wall. <laughs> and the, if you see pictures of the uh, of the China wall, you will see the same. <laughs> so we, we did a research um, on the website. Probably you can find uh, some example of the wall we did. To uh, design the components and to build up the, mm-hmm. the, the the components of the game. Maybe tell us a little bit about Tenki Games because it's not a company that we're familiar with uh, very much. Yeah, we are we are quite young. <laughs> we are a, a young publisher, 
uh, we born uh, one year and a half ago we start publishing two games um, Daimyo and Shar Park okay. uh, and then we publish uh, then another two games that is Crumble and Snake Lake uh, as I told you we are very young so we, we, we didn't uh, were distributed all over the world since the beginning we are an Italian publisher but uh, now we are quite you know uh, distributor more widely and uh, this game I think is uh, can be our our business card <laughs> yes <laughs> our business card we try not to produce uh, a lot of games but we try to be very very um, careful about the, the game we produce about the components uh, what is important for us yes first of all the quality of the game so the quality of the rules that uh, the mechanism of the game must work always well no problem no uh, strange things uh, balance or funny according to the, the, the target of the game gamers or families and friends and uh, quality also in terms of uh, components and value for money mm. when you buy the box uh, uh, you have to to buy high quality components uh, in the cartoon, in the, in the plastic, uh, um, and also in the graphics. We are right. a lot of attention of, of the yeah. graphics. Uh, uh, so we try to have a, a concept of the overall quality of the game. Uh, Looks like you've done a great job with this one, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Having not played it, it's got me salivating <laughs> to give it a try. <laughs> uh, you should. I, I invite everyone to, to, to try to play Chan Cheng at least once. And I'm uh, pretty sure that we'll uh, find, uh, you know, the desire of doing a second, <laughs> a second game because Excellent. it's, it's uh, challenging but funny at the same time and it's, it's really uh, want to, to do another game another game and you want to <laughs> play a game because uh, it's, it's quite balanced uh, and they'd, one of the biggest uh, uh, feature of this game is that can be played at several level of difficulty mm. you don't have to be a gamer to enjoy this game but at the same time if you're a gamer you can play this game uh, deeply and uh, find uh, find it very challenging and I think this is this is very good because you can enjoy it with your family first time gamers friends uh, but uh, and uh, if you have some friends that are tough gamers they will enjoy it as, as well <laughs> uh, where can people find you uh, online if they want to find out more about uh, tanky games and the games that you have to offer uh, where, yeah. where can they find you yeah uh, I invite everyone to uh, have a look at our website uh, not a big website but we try to to do our best okay is uh, www.tankygames.com okay uh, you can find the information about our games uh, some picture graphics material some news about what we do uh, we are growing also in the website <laughs> I invite everyone uh, there is my uh, several email address there is also my email address and uh, everyone can write me and tell me what I think about the game uh, 
uh, what they would like, if they have a problem to finding the game, if they have question about the game. There is a, a page uh, in which there are the reviews that we received about the game. Okay. And uh, we are going to publish also a FAQ page for every question or problem related to the game. Great. Well, thank you very much, Claudio, for your time. <laughs> thank you very much, Steven. Okay, this is the last Emperor Planet Earth, and I think the Spiel is the best podcast on the net. <laughs> you need to add sex. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, I didn't right. that loud enough. You need to add sex to the show. <laughs> okay, so we are here at Looney Labs booth with Andrew Looney. Hi there. <laughs> and you have a new game coming out, actually a new version of an older game that looks really cool. Why don't you tell our listeners all about it? All right, well, the new game is called Zombie Flux, and it's a zombie-themed version of our hit card game, Flux. Flux has been around for about 10 years, and it's done very well for us, and so it's, it's all the fun of original Flux with zombies. <laughs> and uh, it introduces a new kind of card called the Creeper, which is kind of like one of the existing cards, the Keeper, but it's, in, it's, it's the zombies. And it's, instead of stuff that you want, which is usually how the Keepers are, instead it's things you don't want because, you know, zombies are kind of day ruiners for a lot of things. <laughs> and, and then it's got a lot of cool new cards that, that let you kill zombies or just push zombies over to other players or neutralize their effect. Kind of hmm? changes the victory conditions of the, of the game in a way too, doesn't it, a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all of the, I mean, it's got all new Keepers and goals, and about half of the goals work kind of like regular ones in Flux that you need these couple of keepers, but also have the added proviso that you have no zombies in front of you. And so that's the main way that zombies hurt you is that they keep you from winning a lot. But there's actually some goals that, that you need zombies for. Some, like if you're trying to put together a zombie baseball team, you need to have nine zombies and the baseball bat. Um... And, and like I said, it's got it's got some wacky keepers too. Like that, like there's a shotgun that you can use to kill zombies with. There's other other kinds of things: the chainsaw, the 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 uh, the shovel, the the car. Things you can use as weapons, but only if there are rules that allow you to kill zombies with those things. Okay. Um, sometimes there's also a way, you know, like there's a zombie. Uh, a rule called zombie season lets you kill a zombie with your bare hands, so you don't even need a weapon for that. Um, and then one of my favorites is the zombie repellent, which makes all your zombies not want to be near you anymore, and you get to send them over to other players. <laughs> what would repel and, zombies? <laughs> and there's also one goal that we call it the ungoal. It's a goal that, that it's like the zombies' goal. The okay. zombies win, and all the players lose. The game ends with no winner if the zombie victory goal, ungoal, is achieved. Ah. So when can our listeners expect to be able to pick this up at their we'll, local hobby store? We'll have this out in mid-October, just in time for Halloween. Excellent. Perfect. And we're very excited about it. The reactions people have been giving to it are just awesome. People just, they light up when they see it. Zombie Flux? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> exactly. The only thing that can make Flux better is zombies. Yeah. But yeah. it is it is better. I mean, it's, it's all the fun of regular Flux. Plus all this added new craziness. And in fact, it, it, it's a bigger deck than the original. It's about 15 cards bigger. And another thing you can do is there's this, a way to play. You can, you can set aside all the zombie cards and play basically original Flux 
with different keepers and goals, and then kind of add in the zombies when you're ready for the uprising to begin. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, what about mixing this with some of your other Flux decks? Oh, yeah, you can you can totally do that. It'll have the same card backs as original Flux and the various other versions, so you can shuffle them together. I'm sure people will be doing that. <laughs> you can you can just combine the whole deck for craziness, or you can just go through and pick out, these are my few of my favorite rules, and add them in, <laughs> that kind of thing. We'd be remiss if we didn't say congratulations on your uh, Origins Award. Thank you very much. Treehouse. Yep, best board game of the year. Very, very pleased with that. Yep. And another, speaking of new releases, something we just brought out is a a little booklet called Treehouse, which is three games you can play with three treehouse sets. And they include a couple of classics. My very favorite, Binary Homeworlds. Another major hit, which is Martian Chess. And a brand new game that I just came up with for this book called Black Ice. And that's also doing really well. People really like Black Ice. It's a kind of code-breaking game. People are comparing it to Mastermind. Oh, okay. And it plays really neat. The pyramids, if you haven't seen the Ice House pieces or the Tree House pieces, as we call them now, with Tree House as the base game. Um, but there's still Ice House pieces, either one. Either works. Or just call them those pyramids or even the pointy triangle things. Whatever works. <laughs> pointy triangle things. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll know what you're talking about if you talk about that. <laughs> You're, you're a busy man, too, because I think, don't you have uh, the new Stonehenge expansion? You yeah, know, actually. A I, hand in that, too, right? Yeah, I, I did. The, uh, the, 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 the Stonehenge expansion is going to have three new games for the Stonehenge game system, and I was commissioned to do one of those games. And my game is called Stonehenge Hippie Festival. Because, <laughs> you know, I love hippies Shocking. and stuff. Well, and the great thing is, it's a, re- it's a historically accurate game, you see, because the, there were these hippie festivals held at Stonehenge all through the 70s. They ended in 1985 after an infamous um, incident with, of police brutality, actually, called the Battle of the Beanfield. But that's actually kind of neat because that inspired another game. There's, there's, there's going to be a bonus solitaire game in the expansion called Battle of the Beanfield. So, but yeah, it's like that's when I that that was when I decided, oh, this is what I'll do. It's because mm-hmm. I was researching Stonehenge and looking for ideas, and then I like, wow, they had these things called the Stonehenge Free Festivals. That's great. That that's my theme right there. So you're like a hippie at a festival trying to get, you know, whatever you wanted a hippie at a festival to have, you know, like provisions or maybe you need to meet your friends over there. Or, you know, it's, there's like three different ways to win. It's pretty fun. So yeah. what is your expansion? What does it add? Does it add components to the game, or is it just yeah, the, a new rule set? The, the expansion adds pieces for two more colors. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's new pieces and the, kind of the mandate from, from uh, the, the, the company for the design of the expansion games was that it require the extra pieces. So you need okay. to have the expansion in order to play it. But then it comes with the rules in the box. I haven't seen how the, the box is going to look yet, but... The, the the illustration they did for the game is wonderful. I really love it. Great. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to that. When's that guy going to hit the market? Um, I believe that will be out in October as well, in time for Essen, was what I heard. You could ask them more about it. I don't exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that was kind of weird, though. I mean, to be to do be doing a game that's not by our company is kind of a first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for me, anyway. <laughs> Well, we're really looking forward to that. Uh, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes of your time. Sure, to sure. Us. Happy to do I it. I know you kind of have a loony atmosphere around here. <laughs> well, we, we try. <laughs> yeah, everything's kind of going crazy. But well, uh, Where can people find you online? Loonylabs.com. <laughs> Great. Pretty easy. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you.
Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here from interviews, and before we go on to the next interview, we have just a little bit of housekeeping to take care of before we go on. Right. And that has to do with some contests that people are expecting to hear about, but unfortunately aren't going to because of the awesome Gen Con coverage. So just want to let everybody know we're going to postpone some of that stuff until our next official Real Spiel episode. Back to our normal, regularly scheduled spiel. <laughs> so the back shelf spotlight that everybody loves, um, the connections between um, Babel and Roma. Roma, that's going to just keep logging on. And uh, put your guesses there because it's going to run for another couple weeks. We've already had some absolutely <laughs> wonderful connection guesses. Absolutely. But that does not make it too late for you to log in and post your own ideas. And remember, you will win a set of Spiel dice, a New. brand newly minted Spiel dice. Only a few people have them in the world. They're very, very cool. We'll they put are some pictures up. Gorgeous. <laughs> so uh, get your guesses in on the forums at thespiel.net. And uh, see if you can figure out what the mystery connection is between Roma and Babel. So two more weeks for that, as well as two more weeks for... Name that game. So um, we're actually going to run that puzzle here in this episode just to give you a little teaser and and hopefully uh, get some more entries. We've already had a a really nice response and some some correct answers. Exactly. So some people, remember, we're changing the rules a little bit. It's not first come, first serve anymore. So you've got another full two weeks to to beat your head head against the wall and try to figure out how crazy weird we are with our puzzles <laughs> here. Um, so we'll run that puzzle here. and uh, Re- Remember what the prize is the prize. for this name, that game. Sponsored by Time Well Spent, and they're uh, going to send you a copy of Jenseits von Theben. Which, at, at Gen Con, it was always being played. Yes. You, know, you couldn't look anywhere without seeing a copy of this being played, because <laughs> it's just that fun. And... Uh, you know, as mo- many of you might know, it was nominated for the Spiel des Jahres, and that was actually our prediction for the winner. So we think pretty highly of it too. So absolutely, it's it's one that would definitely be worth your time if you're interested. You might want to spend a little time with name that game and see yeah. if you can figure out the answer. I think it's a fun puzzle. I think you guys will enjoy trying to <laughs> solve this one. And then when you figure out the answer, you'll want to kill us. But hey, <laughs> no, that's, what's new? That's pretty normal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pittsburgh Terrible. Name that game! So while we're talking about time well spent... We just spent, what, three and a half days at the largest gaming convention in the United States. We've had a chance to play tons of games that we don't own, which is really cool. You don't usually get the chance to do that. So you get home from a gaming convention. You've played all these really cool games. You may have blown your budget you know, on some other things at, at the con, or you just couldn't buy them because they aren't out yet. They're, they're new things. So what are you going to do? You're going to go to time well spent and hopefully hunt up all these games that you're really psyched about and you're going to get some really great deals um, on all kinds of imports, pre-orders, stuff that you played and maybe it's not out but every, but you know it's coming out in a few months. You want to make sure and get get your pre-order in early so you can get a copy of these because some of these games are going to be so hot 
yeah. you're not going to be able to get them. Yeah, they you know they do a smaller print run maybe, right. and so there's only going to be a you know each store each business is only going to get a few copies. So if there was something you really you know zoned in on and said, man, that was just the coolest thing, but you didn't uh, you weren't able to buy it you know at the, at the con. Time well spent is a great resource for yeah. being able to get your fix <laughs> yeah, exactly. for all those games that exactly. might have uh, eluded you at the convention. That's right. It's a fix that's not going to be easily satisfied. When you come home from a convention, you're going to be like, well, I only bought 10 or 15 games, so now that I'm home, I have to buy 10 or 15 more. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's how I have to yeah, do it. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem, but you know, we manage somehow. <laughs> Luckily, there's time well spent to help us with that fix. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes the money go a little bit farther. That's for sure. So, um, check out time well spent, um, especially on uh, new releases and, and pre-orders and things that uh, might be coming up. They're a great great place to look for those kind of deals too. So. Exactly. And if you are somebody that did attend the con and you go to time well spent and you may, might not see something on pre-order that you saw here that was awesome. Zip them off an email. They would love to know yes, the stuff that you want. So, Thanks again to Time Well Spent for sponsoring the show, and we encourage you to, to check them out and see what kind of deals you can find. So I'm here at the Your Move Games booth with Chad Ellis. Uh, you might remember... Uh, uh, your move games from our episode where we covered Battleground Fantasy Warfare in the past. Uh, so, what's new with uh, Battleground, Chad? Okay, well, the, the newest uh, faction for Battleground is the Lizardmen. Uh, it won't actually be in stores for another month or so, but we had a case FedExed over from China before the main shipment left uh, left the factory. Oh, nice! And so we've been selling that here, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. We've, it's uh, it's a really really fun faction because you know it's lizards of all different ages, and you've got <laughs> dinosaurs like you've got a T Rex and uh, you know a herd of Triceratopses. So. It's uh, it's a really fun faction to play, and that's been uh, that's been exciting for us. I know you were saying that the T Rex is hard to control. That it does a lot of damage, but it may do more damage to you than to uh, well, your opponent sometimes. Yeah, it won't actually it won't actually attack your own. It won't attack friendly units. Oh, okay. But you basically you, it's on close, and you can't ever do anything with it. Uh, you know, other than like, sort of let it go. <laughs> and because it's a colossal unit, like there are crazed goblins and some other smaller units that are on close. You can kind of control them with your own units by like putting them behind a unit and waiting for the right time to have it come out. But if you try that with a colossal unit, the unit that's blocking it in takes a point of damage every turn because a colossal uh, unit is like, you know, just too big to control that way. <laughs> so basically with the T-Rex, you have to plan your, your, plan your battle well, get the T-Rex going. If you can get a T-Rex into fair fights, you're in great shape because... It wins fair fights. It really doesn't have very many fair fights, but the only time your opponent's going to be able to handle it is if they can use its disadvantages against you, outmaneuver it, get it in a pinch, and maybe then they can take it down. But a T-Rex is just a giant monster. It's super fun to play with. When you say colossal, you mean colossal. I mean colossal, it, it yeah. It takes we, up two cards, It takes right? up two cards in the game, and uh, it's you know just huge. It's got I many... Look at a T-Rex... It's got uh, it's got set eight green hits and an offensive profile with five attacks, six skill, and eight power. Which like just, there's just nothing in the game that can stand <laughs> up to that for very long. So uh, it 
it's a re it's a really really fun unit because it just presents both players with really big challenges. You know, if you're the if you're the defender, you have to figure out how are you going to deal with this monster yeah. that otherwise is going to eat you up. So you have to account for it some way somehow. <laughs> exactly. But like we actually had one game where a player got a fast unit of cavalry close enough to the T-Rex and essentially went, "Here boy, come on boy." And like ran away from it and the T-Rex it was always the closest enemy so the oh. T-Rex was like chasing it down and the T-Rex like four turns to corner it, you know, before it could finally fight. And that gave that player enough time to win the rest of the battle with his superior remaining forces. So sometimes you can do that, sometimes it doesn't work out. So that's great. That's a lot of fun. Maybe talk about your uh, terrain packs too. Those are kind of a nice, yeah, uh, the, fairly new addition. Yeah, right the terrain too? packs came out a couple of months ago, and we're really excited about them. They've been they've been selling incredibly well for us. It's basically a laminated cardstock, so it's full color, beautiful graphics. Uh, you get 15 square feet of terrain features, which includes lakes and hills and bogs and roads and rivers. And, you know, like a river section has a ford, another one has a bridge. Uh, we have beaches, cliffs, you know, almost anything you can imagine. And it's $15 retail. So you can set up almost any battlefield you want uh, at a very, very reasonable price. Oh, yeah. Uh, the thing I like about the terrain is that uh, I have some little, like, felt cutouts from uh, DBA, playing DBA and things yeah. like that. But even those, because there's sort of depth to them they don't even work that well with the cards and with these being paper yeah. you don't have those issues of, yeah, you, know, you just put it on top of the terrain and exactly it's two dimension the cards work really well with it uh, you can write on them so you can mark you know a spot on the if you know if you want to send a guy to a spot in the battlefield oh, yeah, so it's a terrain feature you can mark it um, so you know if like there's a bridge across the river and you want a guy to send your spearman to the bridge to hold it mm -hmm. you can just mark right on there instead of using a die or something like that so, yeah that's true too uh, so it's just it's, it's and we've had people buying it for other systems you know we have role playing gamers and other miniature gamers who are like you know anyone who wants to represent terrain it's just convenient Convenient and cheap, and looks really, you know, looks really nice. Yeah, and it's to so, scale that it would, I guess, yeah. match up with that. Yeah, kind it's of a scale. Really it's a good nice. scale for almost any kind of tabletop game. Smart thinking. You, you might almost think you planned it that way. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, we wanted to do terrain for a long time. In fact, it's a little embarrassing. Our first when we launched two years ago. Uh, we were so sure that we were going to have terrain that we actually said in the rule book that Your Move Games produces beautiful terrain. But the, system, the, the production thing that we thought was going to work didn't. Oh, no. And so we then spent a lot of time trying to find the right solution. And we actually got, we got hooked into it by uh, the guys at a company called Steel Squire that make flip mats for role-playing games. And their original product was basically just laminated graph paper and hex paper that you could draw on but it was sharpie erasable, dry erasable, you know, almost anything. So role-playing gamers really liked it if they were playing with miniatures because the dungeon master could just take a pen and be like, okay, here's the room you're in. I think here's I had what's some going of that. on over here. Yeah, it's a great product. <laughs> and so uh, so we, you know, we bumped into them at another convention. And I was like, you know, can you tell me about this, you know, this product? They, they put us in touch with their manufacturer. We found they could do the kind of, you know, four-color printing detail. And then the big thing for us was could they match it perfectly front to back because we wanted to make it uh, double-sided terrain features that you'd cut out, whereas theirs oh, okay. are a sheet and you just use the sheet. So gotcha. if it's a little bit off, it didn't matter. And the, the printers were able to do it. Um, you know, perfectly because they do they do a lot of really you know precision work. So uh, so yeah, it worked out great. That's great. Well, is there anything new coming up at uh, uh, Your Move Games that you want to talk about? Sure, we have a few new things. Uh, we have a new, a completely new game that's going to be coming out called The Battle for Hill 218. Uh, we've just sent that to print. It's a it's a World War II themed two player game, but it's it's really an abstract strategy game rather than a, a war game. 
Um, it's, but it's super, super fun. It's a game that I've been dying to print for about three years, ever since uh, it was first developed. And uh, we sort of shied away from one-shot games because it's very hard to make money at them, and we're a small company. But it's you know just been killing me that we haven't published it. And so finally, when we when we worked, we changed printers, and we now have a printer that can give us a, a decent price at a low uh, volume. We said, you know, look, we're there's no reason for us to be doing making games for a living if we're not actually going to make a game like this that we love so much. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so we made it, and then one of our fans actually made a computer version of it. Oh, so wow. we're going to have a free computer version that you can download and play against the against the computer. It's got an AI and everything. That's crazy. You're going to be able to play against the computer about a month before it launches. So it's gone to print now. It should probably be out November, December, and so around October, and we'll let you guys know, but around October, okay. you'll be able to play this thing for free online. Just download, the, download it, play it on your own computer. And it's just a super, super fun two-player game. When the actual game comes out, is it a card-based game? It's or? a card-based game. Uh, it'll be a, a single deck that'll retail for $10. That'll include both of the decks for the players in the game, Airstrikes, the Hill 218 card. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. It takes about 15 minutes to play. But oh, wow. I'm a hardcore chess player, and I'm obsessed with this game. Like, it's got that much strategic depth to it. So, you know, you play it over and over and over again, and we... You know, Darwin and I, we, we've, we've been playtesting and playtesting it. We keep going through iterations where we learn, like, a new facet to the game, and our whole strategy changes. And, you know, like, I mean, it's crazy. I've, I've never played a game that is this quick but has this much depth to it. So I'm super excited about in, it. In terms of, like, the rules com- complexity, is it... I, I'm guessing it must be... It's pretty low, actually. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like like a lot of great strategic games like chess and Go and, and things like that, <laughs> the rules themselves are pretty str- pretty straightforward. Uh, every unit in the game uh, has three qualities to it. Uh, one tells you how it draws supply, and in order to play units onto the board, you have to be able to draw a supply line back to your home base. So yeah. that, that constrains where you're allowed to place units. Uh, another card, another uh, thing tells you how it attacks, um, and most units will attack a unit adjacent to it. Some can attack diagonally, and some have special attacks. And then another thing tells you how units support attacks, because most units can't kill an enemy unit on their own. They need support from a friendly unit. Uh, but tanks and artillery don't need it. So, you, you know, you're placing your units, you're trying to sort of encroach on your opponent's position, maintaining supply lines, and eventually occupying his base. So it's a very, very straightforward game. It's just super, super fun. So, obviously, I'm biased, but <laughs> yeah, well, honestly... Like, I would expect you to be. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I, I would not publish this game. I would not publish a one-shot card game that retails for $10. So we, the margin's not very high on it. I would not publish it if I didn't think it was an amazing game. So, you know, take, take a biased but honest uh, honest take on it. And, you know, and then we're going to put it out there as a computer game. So nobody ever has to buy it without trying it out because we're that confident. Yeah, uh, that's that speaks pretty, pretty well towards... I've been looking forward to that. And then the other new thing we have back on the, the Battleground front is uh, coming out early next year probably is going to be our first Punic Wars, our first historic expansion, which is going to be Punic Wars. Oh, fun. So Rome versus Carthage, and we're, we're it, it's, it's killing me making this game because it's, it's so, you know, like so many details and trying to get everything right. But we have a great group of fans who are historic buffs who are working with us to help make sure we get the details right and uh you know it's just it's super super fun but it's you know really really interesting armies it's a a fascinating period of history and our goal is to have this be something which not only is it really fun to play but it's the sort of thing that if you were a a history teacher you would feel good about introducing this to your history class to teach them you know why hannibal could win battle after battle after battle and still lose the still lose the war ultimately so are, will there be any uh, rules, additions, or things, or will, there will basically be, there the will same small, mechanics? It will be 100% compatible with Battleground Fantasy. 
there will be a few small differences, but you know, not really more than with, for example, the Umenzi tribesmen, which introduced a new standing order for that faction and okay. you know some new keywords. Just um, tweaks. In other it'll, words. it'll be tweaks, but you can absolutely play Rome versus Orcs, or, <laughs> you know, Carthage versus the Lizard Men. You know, like whatever you want to do, and and that's you know that's part of the vision for us. We want this to be something where if you're a fantasy player, you know, I mean, I'm you know I'm more into fantasy than historics personally, but I can't wait to play like you know Rome and Carthage versus fantasy creatures, and I think a, I think a lot of people will like that, and I think also that for, for historic gamers, the fact that Battleground's so inexpensive, you know, some of them will want to do that as well. You know, if, even if you really would rather just do Punic War, Punic War, Punic War, at some point you're going to be like, I bet my rooms could kick your orcs ass. You know, come on. Yep. Bring it. So. Now you just need to do the crossover with the World War II one, and you can have the uh, exactly. T-Rex trying to take Hill uh, 38. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, Chad. Uh, best of luck with everything here at Gen Con, and we'll look forward to the new stuff coming out very soon. Okay, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for talking with me. Thanks for coming by. I'm Chris Wilcox. I don't know shit about games, but I listen to the spiel. So I'm here with Tom Tullis of Fat Dragon Games, and he's got some really cool uh, scenics for role-playing or miniatures games. Uh, Rather than have me describe it, I'm just going to let Tom haul forth here. Tell me all about Fat Dragon Games and what you have to offer here. Well, we're a fairly new miniature train company. Uh, We've just hit our second anniversary, and this year we were nominated for our first Any Award for Easy Dungeons for our basic set. Congratulations. Thank you very much. We're crossing our fingers to get some good news tomorrow night. Um, Essentially, Easy Dungeons is cardstock, three-dimensional terrain. You buy the PDF from us, you print it out, fold it up. You never run out of products, you never run out of pieces. Uh, We offer dungeons, caverns, uh, Egyptian temples and tombs. whole wide range of stuff. Uh, we also offer two-dimensional tiles, easy tiles, that allow the user to fully customize the tile before printing it out. So oh, that's one, nice. one tile set will give you 10,000 options, so you never, your players never enter the same room twice. <laughs> um, we just came out with our new modern line, Easy Heroes, which are 1.5-inch scale, and we're getting ready to offer them in 1-inch scale for modern spycraft type games things like that instead uh, of like dungeons you've got like uh, city buildings and exactly. cars and things and the first set is one and a half inch scale for things like hero clicks and other click based games oh, that's smart <laughs> and that's pretty much our whole lineup for the show but uh, we're real excited to be here it's our second year exhibiting at Gen Con how much do the do the sets run uh, easy dungeons here uh, in online is $15 for the basic set uh, easy dungeons 2 which we offer here is a compilation package of a number of separate products we offer through online RPG Now and Drive Through RPG. Okay. And that's also twenty dollars here at the show. Okay. Easy Heroes is ten dollars. You can also get that online for that. And the tiles, uh, both tile sets we offer here are compilation CDs of smaller sets we offer online. Oh, nice. And so you can mix and match. And we're just really excited to be here. <laughs> um, the question I have for you, since they are sort of print and make. How long would someone, if they were to print them out, construction time? How long is it going to take them to put everything together from printing it out to then using it in the game? Um, 
if you do it assembly line fashion, say do 10 dungeon walls at a time, you can literally bang through each piece in a couple minutes. Oh, really? Um, that fast? All the display pieces here, my wife assembled for me. Um, and they look was, fabulous. They look I've, really nice. Uh, we also That's how we play test stuff. She's not a gamer. <laughs> She's not a card modeler. And since we do gear all of our stuff for the beginner card modeler, we do oversized tabs, more simplified designs. Um, with Easy Dungeons, we give some pieces in two versions for beginner card modelers and more advanced ones. Uh, that's kind of our proving grounds. I have my wife build everything for the con, and if she can do it with the instructions, we know we're good. Yeah. So. Well, they, they definitely look as though they're made of something other than just cardstock when, when you look at them, which I think is a testament to the, the quality, to me at least. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, good luck at the Ennies, and uh, oh, where can people find your games online if they're if they're looking for you or want more information about your company? Where can they find they you? They can come to com. Uh, currently, we sell uh, distribution through Key Twenty, which then sells through Alliance, Blackhawk, okay. all those. So just check your local hobby shop. Uh, you can also buy PDF versions of everything we have through RPGnow.com and Drive Through RPG.com. Okay. Uh, both of those are our two main online sales outlets, and go there. It's very easy. You'll have your sets in about five minutes and be printing and playing in a few hours later. <laughs> well, thanks, Tom, and good luck. Listen, thank you very much. Mike Fogel from Iowa. I listen to the Spiel. Great podcast. Great guys. Thanks. So I'm here at the Gen Con Australia booth with Ian Houlihan, and we are lucky enough here on the Spiel to have a bunch of Aussie listeners who I think would be very interested to find out about Gen Con Australia. So give us the lowdown. Well, basically, we're running in Brisbane. On the 3rd to the 6th of July, 2008, at the Brisbane Convention Centre. Um, we're pretty much going to try to do exactly the same thing that's happening here at Gin uh, Con Indy. Obviously, not, maybe not as, as large a scale, but um, you know, we're going to give it our best bet. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward to it. So, uh, people attending Gen Con Australia can expect a uh, dealer's room... Uh, all sorts of gaming tournaments and sort of ancillary events as absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wizards of the Coast have basically come on board as, as sponsors, which is great. And, I mean, it's early days yet as far as sponsorship goes. So, um, you know, we're, we're hoping for a, a, a number of the larger uh, manufacturers to, uh, to come on board, show their wares, so that uh, the people of Australia who never experienced something of this magnitude before, right? Uh, can come along and um, have a great time. <laughs> so, um, what about registration and things like that? Is well, that active yet, or well, how's that working? No, at the moment the registration isn't active. However, um, we're about to make uh, probably at the end of the month. Uh, we're going to make live the event uh, the schedule. The event. Well, no, not the event schedule, but certainly the um, where people, if they want to run events. They can um, submit their events to us. Oh, sort of um, applications for yeah. submitting ideas for events. Exactly, oh, exactly, okay. exactly. And, um, you know, we've been lucky enough that uh, Peter from uh, GenCon LLC has essentially said to us that we can use their registration system. Uh, so nice. hopefully with few uh, technical things that we're trying to work out there, that um, that's going to be a great benefit for us and uh, for everyone who... Who needs to register? It'll be something familiar to everyone, so it'll be good. Now, in terms of, uh, I know 
you're probably trying to attract uh, American and maybe European manufacturers of games. Uh, I'm not really familiar with, uh, is there a very active, independent uh, game publishing going on in Australia? Would, would people going to Gen Con Australia get to look forward to seeing some of these smaller, maybe, game press sure, come out of the woodwork and, and see those kinds of things at Gen Con too? Or? Yeah, look, with, with obviously as far as role-playing, with the number of uh, PDF publishers that are out there, that there's a, a fair number of those in Australia that uh, we're hoping to encourage to, to come along and, you know, display or at the very least uh, come along and uh, explain uh, with, through lectures and seminars how other people can get involved in the industry. Uh, we haven't got the largest industry as far as manufacturers in Australia, so you know it's it's a lot of effort for us, obviously, to try to convince the people from uh, from the US and from Europe to come along to the convention. But a lot of them have given us positive feedback. So um, yeah, the the people should be looking forward to a lot of uh, exhibitors in in that regard. So yeah. Great. Well, now we just need to work out that podcaster scholarship so that uh, <laughs> certain people sitting here in the booth might be able to come to Gen Con Australia well, and, and report know. live. That's right. You never know. You never know. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ian, for your time. No and, problem. Thank you. Uh, I hope that our Aussie listeners will take advantage of this opportunity, and I know they're all over Attention. all over the map in Australia, so it would be a great time to sort of for them to all convene in one place and Absolutely. get to play. Yeah, and uh, we would love to have them all, so that would be great. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank you. So I am here at the QWorkshop.com booth with Mikhail Lisowski. Yes. And uh, he has some very interesting dice. Uh, my partner in crime is a big dice collector, so I'm sorry he's not here to do this interview. But maybe tell us a little bit about Q Workshop and about what makes your dice uh, different from the average set of dice. Uh, our dice are unique because they have uh, patterns around the numbers. So um, we have runic dice with small runes around the numbers, elven dice with elven tangwar uh, fonts, and we have also uh, dragon dice with very small dragon on each face. Uh, we make uh, many different models for many different games. Now we have our completely new Call of Cthulhu dice set. It's a limited edition in cooperation with uh, Chaosium Company. Oh, that's so fun. we get a license last year and now they are ready. Uh, so they have little elder signs on them yes, and things? as you can see here, not, not in the radio, <laughs> they have elder sign on the uh, oh, highest yes. face. They're very. I've seen laser cut. Are they laser cut or how? How are they? Uh, how it's the process? Or is no, it secret? in fact, <laughs> it is a secret. But I can tell you a little bit. Okay. We have about 100 of small Polish elves in our factory, <laughs> and they are crafting uh, each die. And so that's the the, the, the secret main has been main revealed. <laughs> yes. It's not not so big big secret because uh, last year we told this uh, to many people who asked, and in fact it's true. We have such elves. There are a lot of elves and gnomes in <laughs> yes. Poland. I mean, it's yes. just a known fact. <laughs> okay. Well, they they're very they're very much more intricate, I would say, yes. than than the average even custom dice that I've seen. As far as I know, no, nobody on the market can do such dice, and they will not produce such dice because it's a unique technology. Uh, our invention and it's very complicated also expensive and hard and we need a lot of time and effort to make uh, new model make new colors and so on but 
we are always looking for new new possibilities to to develop our products. What's the average die cost? Uh, uh, the set of seven dies cost eighteen dollars. Okay. So it's a lot. It's Poly- polyhedral dice. Yes, too, polyhedral right? dice. It's a, a standard role-playing games uh, uh, dice set of seven dice from D- D4 to D20, including D10 and D100. Uh, uh, I, we know that it's uh, far more more expensive than uh, and dice uh, of other companies, but these are really unique and also the Well, they're almost technology. like little art, pieces yeah. of art, I think. Yes, it's uh, most of our clients uh, like um, like a piece of art, or they are just uh, dice collectors. True. Uh, just a part of our uh, of our fans are um, role playing uh, gamers. So, anything on the, in the future that's coming up that you want to yes, tell people about? Yes, yes, yes. Probably we we are going to make uh, Star Wars dice, but oh, nice. just a prototype, and we are working with uh, WizKids on this. Uh, and uh, what else? A Japanese set. We used to have a Japanese D10 for Legend of the Five Rings and other systems like Chin. It's a very famous in France and Germany a system, uh, old uh, Chinese Japanese uh, Far East uh, setting. And we we are working on the new Celtic dice with Celtic pattern. Mm, we have very nice uh, tribal dice. It's uh, with um, theme from uh, tattoo. Uh, that's the near future. We also have uh, leather dice uh, cups and bags. Mm. So also with runes and elven signs, dragons, and these are hand painted and handmade. How long does it take from, say, coming up with a design for a new set of dice to actually seeing them on the shelf it's somewhere? A, it's about. Half a year or a year. Uh, wow. We, a lot of time and effort. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For uh, our new Elven model, we needed uh, a year. Okay. But uh, in the past, we we just needed uh, half a year. But now we are far more busy than in the past. So <laughs> we have many new orders because we also make custom dice. Oh. And in fact, we were the first company who started to uh, customize dice uh, five years ago. Oh, nice. But then Chessex started, and Chessex is a much, much bigger company. Yes. And now they, they, they are famous of this. But as, uh, as, uh, as, as we know, we were the first, and the person who can prove this is a dice collector, Kevin Cook. I don't know if you, you know this. Yes, sure. Uh, you can ask him, and he, he will tell you that. <laughs> We are. We were the first company with. Uh, well, where can people uh, buy your dice, and where can people find you online? Yes, uh, uh, you can find our dice on uh, our website. It's unusualdice.com, okay. and it's an online store. We ship worldwide. Uh, the shipping is a flat rate of two forty, so it's uh, it's not a lot. It's very affordable. Uh, we also have uh, U.S. distributors. So you should find our dice in every good gaming store uh, across America. If you don't, just ask the store manager, and he will be able to get the model you wish from the distributor. It's not a problem for them. It's just a few weeks of, of uh, time. Uh, so you can find our dice in the Internet, on our website, unusualdice.com, or in the local store. Great. Well, Mikhail, uh, thank you for your time, and okay. good luck here at Gen Con. Thank you very much.
So we are here at the Simply Fun booth with Gail DiGiulio, and uh, they do a really interesting line of games that really appeal to a, a wide age range of, of from young players all the way to, to old players. Instead of having me ramble on, uh, I'll let you haul forth and, and explain uh, just what is Simply Fun and, and tell us a little bit about your games. Well, great. Well, thank you, Stephen. Well, Simply Fun is a company that we founded four years ago and actually started selling product a few years ago. And our whole goal is to promote the importance of play. It's to get families and friends to kind of turn off the TV and spend 30 to 60 minutes a week just playing. So when we started the company, we intentionally went out and sought out game designers that could make games for us in all different categories. Board games, card games, party games, uh, trick-taking games, trivia games. And we wanted those games to be simple to learn and fun to play. So we wanted the setup to take less than five minutes and the game experience to be less than 30 minutes. And we intentionally wanted to find games that were that had some strategy to them, but also could be accessible to any age. So whether you were three to 103, you could still enjoy the game. And you've gotten some pretty heavy hitters as far as designers. We have, David, and we're really fortunate. We went out and sought some of the best designers, um, in particular from Europe. So Dr. Reiner Knizia, who many um, of your, your listeners oh, probably sure. know. Yes, and uh, Alan Moon, who did Walk the Dogs for us. Uh, Klaus Teuber. We've done Simply Catan, where we've taken Catan, and that's a good example, where most people in the United States won't spend the 15, 20 minutes to learn something and then another 45 minutes to an hour to play. So we took Catan and... Klaus designed it so that it was really accessible for everybody. It's a very easy setup. It takes less than five minutes to set up and about 30 minutes to play. And so it's a really good example where you can take that and really experience in your home and get to learn the game. Well, it's great to have that sort of gateway, too, to see that it's kind of a slippery slope from those kind of games into more more depth games with more depth if they want to but it's nice to have the ability to, to sit down and play these games with any any kind of age well, range you're right. I think. and what happens is we get people that will contact us and say I, I went into Target and Walmart and I was looking for your game and where is it <laughs> and we try to tell them you can't get our games in the retail stores what we found was was that unfortunately in the hobby game market you're finding more and more uh, stores that are closing up and it's really unfortunate and the internet has made it very difficult for those retailers because someone yes. can come into the store and get a quality demonstration and then the customer leaves to go purchase it online at a cheaper price when they didn't they got the value of the the clerk or the owner what we've done is all of our games are only available through simply fun so what at your what happens is we have independent consultants and they go into someone's home and they have a game party I and mean, they get to play games for a living and then what happens is the customer and their friends get to have a wonderful time of experiencing the products the consultant gets to make a great living the host gets to earn free games and best of all, you get to try before you buy. And so that's one of the reasons that we decided to do our products this way. And it's just worked out wonderfully for everybody. Maybe, maybe um, describe some of the title, newer titles uh, sure. in your line. Well, a good example. An Alan Moon game is Walk the Dogs, which won Family Funds, one of the games of the year last year. Another one is called Sneaks, which is, if you remember the old game Spoons, we actually <laughs> took that game and made it into um, uh, with Sneakers. And, we also have a brand new game called Ribbit, which is by Dr. Reiner Knizia, which is up for two games of the year, one for family fun and parenting. Another really great game we have is called Library, where we have 350 book titles in there. It's kind of a balderdash mechanic where you're fooling people that your first line is the real first line. And that was developed by Daryl Hannah, the actress, and Hilary Shepard. And Daryl actually is a three-time game producer and a Mensa um, award winner. So... 
a lot of people don't know that about her. So yeah. she can play ninja. <laughs> she has street and, cred. And she can play games. But those are just some of our newest titles that we've come out with. Uh, anything coming up uh, new on the, the list that you want to uh, talk about? We just introduced a new game um, just three weeks ago called Core Tile. Okay. And Core Tile is, if you like uh, dominoes, kind of dominoes meets math, and it's a wood game and where you have to, um, in most of dominoes, you just have to match things up. Well, in this, you have to actually match up the math. I mean, it has to add up to something. And it's a really just a, a, a wonderful game. We will be having, coming out next year, some really new games um, from some designers that you know and love and I can't really talk about them uh. one of them one of them is a, a designer that hasn't produced a game in about five years but probably has the biggest selling game of all time so I'm excited about that you can kind of think about that mull that over it's also nice to see that you're taking the kind of cues from the European style games in that the quality of your components is something that you're interested in uh, you know, having components that are going to last and, and look really it's, nice. We call too. it heirloom quality and sort of antique quality, and it really is. And one of the things we found, though, it's interesting. Um, it's great to come to Gen Con because people here understand, appreciate quality. And when you go to the mass market, they say, well, "This game is how much?" Yeah. Right. But you explain to that person the reason it is how much is because it's got a linen finish on the box. The box is 25% thicker than any box. We have all wood pieces. We have you know um, um, double thick boards. Uh, we have a linen finished cards. It's a very, very different kind of a finish and a look to the games. And we did that intentionally so that people can keep those games for generations and generations. Right. Well, it's thinking about a game as an investment that you're going to come back to again and again exactly. for entertainment and not something you just use once and then if, throw if away. If to compare that to a price of family night of entertainment, oh, we do all the time. it wouldn't even come close. We tell people that we, we used to have a sign in our booth that said, family afford to go to the movies, and we'd say $40, and then we'd say dinner, and then we'd put down $80, and then we'd say gas, and we'd say $100, and we said simply fun party, and we said, you know, priceless, because, <laughs> because that's really what it's about. You can have a simply fun party, and the re high repeat play value of any game is just wonderful, and when you can play games over and over and over and enjoy them and play them with all ages, you kind of are, build that generation gap between you know, an 80-year-old grandfather and a 10-year-old, you know, grandson. It, so that's one of the reasons that we like gaming. So how can people find you? You guys have an internet address? We do. So there's different ways that you can find us. You can find us at simplyfun.com, and that's the first way. So you can just go to simplyfun.com, and our website is um, right there. You can dial 501-877-557-7767. But just go to simplyfun.com, and the great part is each one of our games has a three-minute video. So co-founder Matt Mullen, um, he he says, hi, I'm Matt, and I'm going to teach you how to play. And he teaches you how to play the game. So even if you don't want to take the rules out, you can just learn how to play by watching the three-minute video. And then um, the best part is to experience a Simply Fun party. So if you want to have a Simply Fun party, you can just write on our website. It says if you want more information, we have consultants all across the United States who can come to your home, and even better, if you want to earn some extra income and just play games for a living, you can become a Simply Fun consultant. It costs $169, that's it. You get a sample kit with all kinds of products, you don't carry any inventory, you just go to someone's house through a games party, when you're done you place the order, get shipped to the customer, and that's it. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to trying some of your games out, and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate knowing more about uh, your company and all the stuff you have to offer. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by our booth.
we're here at the Intimagic booth with Henry Lester, and they've got a great little product that's out. The really cool rings. I'm going to let Henry tell you all about them. We're uh, we're making magic rings. You've always wanted a ring of invisibility, haven't you? Or perhaps for oh, generation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, everybody seems to have either a, a co-gamer or a co-worker that can really use an Intelligence Plus Four ring. Especially <laughs> uh, Dave here. Hey. But uh, <laughs> we. Uh, we started off, we are industrial manufacturers. Uh, we had a love of the material. It is a nuclear-grade, pharmaceutical-grade, industrially hardened stainless, so it's not like a lot of other stainless steel jewelry that's out there. Um, we use an industrial laser to engrave it. Uh, it's an indelible mark. We actually are taking away some of the material. It's not a mark that can rub off. Uh, we like to think that we have the most durable product that's available here at the, the Gen Con 40 Exhibitors Hall. Indestructible. Um, yeah, we, we can't make anything indestructible, nor would you want an indestructible ring. We yeah. have, you know, these are able to be cut by uh, emergency rooms if you do have to have yeah. them cut off, you know. Um, you know, we like the other materials. Uh, you know, they're, they're beautiful and everything like that. But uh, we, we wanted to start off with this material. People really seem to like it. We can put different finishes on it. And you know, we do production of these rings. Uh, you know, currently we have... Um, regeneration, invisibility, protection, hit points plus 20, intelligence plus 4, strength plus 4, and we also have another one that has GM and DM uh, at, at different clock marks around it. Uh, you can attempt to bribe your DM or GM. I'm just going to kill you faster, but you, know, you, you can try. Or if you're a DM or GM, you can ring it. It's, it's a, because I said so ring. Uh, you know, we also have another ring uh, that doesn't have any engraving on it that just has a uh, kind of a prism mirror finish on it. Uh, oh, nice. They are all available on our website. Okay. Uh, and if I can plug the website. Oh, absolutely. www.intimagic, and that's magic with a K. It's I-N-T-I-M-A-G-I-K.com. Hit there. Uh, we've got some feedback uh, we'd like people to share with us, you know, what they'd like to see. We obviously could uh, only do so many rings at one time. Right. But uh, we're here at the Gen Con booth 824 here for the show. We we really appreciate everybody stopping by. Well, great. Uh, we'll make sure we'll put the link in the show notes. And everybody who needs uh, magic rings, check it out. Appreciate it. Everybody's wanted a ring of invisibility since they were 13. Yeah. So, you know, hey. <laughs> Thanks. So we are at the Think Outside of the Box booth here at Gen Con with Berta Groisman. And uh, her product is so interesting and unique. It's a little bit puzzle, a little bit game, a little bit riddle. Uh, why don't you Why don't you explain exactly what, what we're looking at and what we have here? Well, Think Outside of the Box, it is a, create, a kit on creative thinking. You really have a lot of solutions, of creative solutions, after you try these puzzles, these, these brain teasers, okay? It is 41 brain teasers in colorful cards uh, of in increasing complexity, of easy, moderate, difficult, and difficult, and a small square CD attached because in creative, CD, in creative thinking CD doesn't have to be necessarily round. It can be square too. <laughs> uh, small squares could be attached with more brain teasers. It is bought by students, pupils from 11 years old and up to executives through families and students. It is an educational tool, an educational tool for manager and employee development. It is also a quality family game. It is a wonderful icebreaker and a brain massage for mature people, you mm -hmm. know. So it has really a lot of uses. So, so maybe describe the, the cards themselves. There's sort okay. of a card with a little slider on it. Yeah. Um. This is a unique pro uh, process of a, a thinking process, okay? This is a problem. 
a conventional thinking which says, why are we stuck with our process thinking, process, thinking of process, okay? Why, why can't we really solve it? Right, so there's... Then it, it comes a clue which says, maybe we can solve it, and then come the solution, and after the solution is the principle, which is really the most important thing, because this is a principle of creative thinking. You must know that creative thinking is a, is a set of tools, like a plumber's tool. <laughs> and there were people, researchers, who researched, who made the research on creative thinking, and they um, defined those tools. And every uh, brain teaser here, it is an uh, exercise of those tools. So if you really put them inside and understand them very well, you can use them without even understanding that you are using it in all fields of your life. Right. So this is what we're speaking about. <laughs> well, I think in many cases, you use a lot of those principles when you play games because you're presented with problems in games. It's more explicit when you have a sort of riddle placed in front of you. Right. And in the case of what we're talking about here, but in so many of the games that we're surrounded by, you're using that same creative problem-solving ideas, but we're not putting names to the to the principles. So, right. If you right. like games, you like solving puzzles. It's the same. You're you, you're you're exercising those muscles, but perhaps in a slightly different way, without even realizing it. Right. Um, our aim was to make it in a most entertaining uh, manner. So we really um, brought the best designers. Uh, for the packaging of the game, for the um, for the pictures of the game, so everything is unique, mm -hmm. and it is uh, marketed in the United States for the first time, and we are very proud of it. And it's originally of Israel. Yes, from it Israel, is Israel, correct? Yes, it is a, a Israeli <laughs> product. Right? You gave Stephen and I a chance to try these out, and what I really like are the clues because they're pretty tough puzzles, pretty tough thinking, and the clues are well thought out, and they give you a little hint, a little push in the right direction without making you feel too stupid. But, <laughs> so I think that's really neat. Thank you. And they're, they're packaged in uh, the difficulty level, so it's nice. So you could start at the, the sort of low level and build, build so your I'll way just up. open up the easy box, and that's probably all the farther <laughs> I'll get. Great great for travel, too, I would oh, think. It'd be, it'd be fun to take travel. on a car trip and, and just read Very them out many loud. Tourist guides buy it, you know, mature people buy it for an ice massage, for a brand massage, for their, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. Against Alzheimer and all oh, that. Yep. Sure. And it is a wonderful, like, a quality family time, you know, or just a party time. You are sitting instead of watching TV, you are doing something which is interesting and funny and, you know. Right. It is also, there is here a card also, how can, with the play terms, like you can play with with uh, points going up and down if you oh. buy a clue or not buy a clue, you know. Right. <laughs> so it it could be also a group game. <laughs> so uh, where can people find uh, the uh, out of the think outside of the box, and uh, where can they find you online? Well, the best thing is uh, to uh, visit our web website, which is really nice, I think. Uh, it is www.thinkoutsideofthebox.info. Think outside of the box, one word. Okay. Think outside of the box, one word. Dot info. This okay. is the best thing because we don't have really a lot of distributors now. We are just beginning the marketing. Okay. So this is the best thing to do. Great. Well, best of luck. Thank you. Wow, that was kind of like truckloads of interviews. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's only the first half. Yep. <laughs> Man. So this ends uh, part one of our Gen Con 2007 coverage. Stay tuned next week for uh, more personal accountings from our experience here at the convention and uh, a report back from the Spielathon, among other things, and uh, just our general impressions of games that caught our attention and, and lots of other interesting convention tidbits. So that will air uh, a week from uh, this next episode. So we're going to try to push that out as soon as we can. Thank, thanks for listening. We, yes. pre- we appreciate all your support. I'm Stephen Conway. And I'm David Colson. So remember, whether it's the roll of a die, the turn of a card, or the flip of a tile, you don't have to play to win. You, you just, just have, have to play. play.